This is part two of the Mercedes Terrell episode. So stay in that zone. Our mm. first question from our magic mob. So you're saying my parents still can't listen. Go on. <laughs> is, and this is from Anonymous. Um, it says, why are some women so mean about penis size? And is it really mm. a big enough reason to end a relationship over? Hmm. Man, this is a tricky question because... I'm sure every guy is contemplating, you know, whether they're big enough. Like every guy thinks about that. We know that. Um, every girl thinks about whether their body parts are in order to the way that men want them or the man mm -hmm. they're dating wants them. So we get it. Whether you're mm -hmm. female or male, we all have these insecurities. Um, I've been sorting through my own sex addiction i'm going to call it quote unquote sex addiction lately just because i feel like that word is uh a little dramatic mm -hmm. and because this question about penis size has come up in conversation with friends lately um i just feel like it's it's like it's ready to be answered by us here on the show so i'm glad you're you're asking mm -hmm. i'm glad that anonymous um magic mobber is asking yeah. it it's definitely um, not a big enough reason to end a relationship over in my opinion but no i think one of the stories though that i was getting to uh, one of the stories i was telling myself was that penis size is somehow an instrumental uh thing in the way that i might feel validated through sex hmm. and um because of how deep they're <clears throat> Penetrating you? Or? I think for so many reasons that we might think that. And it can spawn from something that's way further back in life. Like it can come from just wanting to feel dominated because you mm. didn't feel protected. I mean, it literally, mm -hmm. I think, can come from so many deeper things. And that's kind of something personal you have to dig up for yourself. And that's why I was asking it to myself. Okay, you know, what are the reasons that I might be um, using sex as a way of validation? And that was one of the things that came up for me. Does penis size play a part of that? Because we've asked, we've talked about this question before. Um, I've talked about this question with other friends before. This is a question that comes up or a thing that comes up, um, penis size, a thing that comes up, you mm -hmm. know, in life and regularly and lately for whatever reason um, in my life, it's come up a couple of times. So mm. it was on my mind. But I also was thinking, OK, why? Why might I feel validated through sex because of uh, uh, maybe a larger penis, for instance. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking that one of the reasons might be because our culture tells us to view a penis as an extension of a man's ability to provide. Mm. And I think that is like a really mm. important thing to to understand and figure out. And we think masculine, we think like big too, you know? Yeah. And when we think phallic, we think specifically about um, all the statues out there amongst uh, around the world where mm -hmm. uh, penis, uh, you know, phallus was a, a symbol of something to praise. And then it became bigger and bigger because mm -hmm. of, you know, we want to the, the, for whatever reason, humans, we feel like bigger is more plentiful, more bountiful. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so I think that's where it comes into play here. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. 
like many of the things mm-hmm. that we believe as humans, many of the things that we believe as a culture are not true. And then the other thing that came up for me was that this whole dick pic mm-hmm. epidemic where women oh, are God. constantly bombarded with photos of uh, usually overtly large penises that don't even necessarily belong yeah, to the person sending not. them firstly. Yeah. And they're also being shot at an angle that makes mm-hmm. them look probably bigger than they are Kind of like life. the way that porn... And these airbrush photos and all the face exactly. tune and filters on Instagram is causing that skewed image of what women are supposed to look like. It's the same thing with these dick pics. Precisely. Not so that hashtag... we even are looking at those or want to. Well, and I don't mind a dick pic if it's solicited. Ex- like if I ask if it's for invited. It, right. Yeah. Then I'm down for it. An unsolicited mm-hmm. dick pic, Mm-mm. probably not a good idea. Mm-mm. Can get you in lots of trouble Never. too. Never. So just don't. Um, but the thing there is you know, hashtag keep it realish guys like Jade saying this idea of the fact that women are often and young girls, even for the first time, what they're seeing a penis look like is a massive, you know, member that isn't necessarily anything close to what the majority of men have going on. And so of course they're going to have crazy expectations when that's, what's getting shown to them over and over again. And on pornography, you know, we're looking at, penises that look not necessarily like the rest of the world so Mm -hmm. i think it's just um, a lot of ways that Mm -hmm. we're training women's minds to have a perspective on penises that is really not healthy and not true but women being mean about it that is not about penis size that is something else in them that they're telling you about themselves like hundreds so they're just they're finding a reason they're finding something else like that's yeah i think that um in order to gain perspective on something like that. Like That's a like a man complaining that your boobs are not big or that they're they're not perky. Like it's not really about your boobs. He there's he's not happy with himself. And so he's complain you know what I mean? Right. So, so I was gonna say is that if you turn the question around, guys, mm-hmm. on yourself and you said why is breast size or butt size so important that mm. a guy might be mean about it if a girl doesn't uh, feel that, you know, satisfy mm-hmm. whatever that is for for the particular individual or they leave a relationship because mm-hmm. she doesn't have the boobs or the butt or whatever the thing mm-hmm. is that ask the same question. I mean, we're That's talking about true. pieces of because flesh men here. are very mean about that. Totally. Not all men, but some. Yeah. Especially younger mm-hmm. uh, kids in school, you know, like it's, it mm-hmm. can get really, really um, terrible. So I just think it's not a good reason for someone to body shame another person in any regard when it comes to a piece of flesh. But to um, give some um, comfort to people who don't feel as big, um, I would prefer on the smaller side than to the bigger because I, I do remember um, like a couple different scenarios. Like I remember one time someone being so big that when he took his pants off, I was like, nope. Not mm-hmm. having sex with this guy, and I mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't because it like that did not look like it was going to feel good, and so mm-hmm. I would totally prefer on the smaller side if I were to have to decide between one or the other. And um, I did notice too that when it's not super big, the tip of the penis rubs against the G spot when it's going in and out in mm-hmm. a way that a bigger one doesn't, and so. For someone who has a hard time cl- climaxing during sex, that's great. Yeah. I mean, the G-, G area is really only like one to two inches into the 
vaginal canal if you want to get real medical mm. on it. But in the um, head of the penis, like <laughs> rubbing against that feels awesome. So that's something that like someone who doesn't feel as good about their size, that's something that mm-hmm. they can kind of take comfort in because that feels awesome for a woman. Yeah. And I think if, you know, someone is uh, feeling again, like someone's being mean about the situation, it just again, to remember that hurt people hurt people. I know yeah. we say it all the time on the podcast, but when someone else is blaming you for something that you cannot change mm-hmm. or is being mean about something, a part of your body shaming yeah. you for that, that is something they're dealing with on their own or need to deal with on their own. It is not actually about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that you're going through that. Yeah. Um, I think there are plenty of women out there seeking genuine connection mm-hmm. and not over a piece of flesh like that, mm-hmm. um, regardless of penis size. So don't let the whole size thing become an insecurity that gets in the way of meeting those women. That's what I really want to like get across is that if you let this insecurity be in the way of you meeting the people who are totally down with what you rock in, that is a bummer. And I yeah. don't want that to happen. So just know they're all out there. Yeah. All types are out there, fellas, just like on the other end of things, mm-hmm. guys want different things too. Yeah. So So next question at dynamite for life, eight, one, six. He's been a, um, a follower of us for a while now ask, what is your proudest, proudest accomplishment? This show. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, for sure. This show is is such a light in my life, Mm. but also because I feel like it's, People come up to me all the time and they go, I'm listening to your it show happens and it to me too. fucking changed my life. And I'm like, that oh my God. makes my It happens to me being. like at, on it. It happens to me at yoga. Um, that happens to me too. And I'm like, it feels like there's a lot of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, and even if it was only, if no one was doing that, but I knew that yeah. it was hitting the airwaves and people were hearing it. Mm-hmm. I know just the energy you were putting into this, that it's got to be fruitful to some yeah. degree. So this show um, has been one of my proudest accomplishments accomplishments falling in love in the dark like i was talking about Mm. earlier has been one of my biggest accomplishments um learning how to manage my mind and care for my body and nurture my spirit Mm -hmm. that has been one of my hardest journeys and definitely one of my biggest accomplishments which i am it's never ending it's not gonna be you know i'm not done but um so yeah i think with that it's just dedicating myself to to growth and learning how to love better and how to be a better human mm-hmm. um how to be a light like we always say which yeah. i think largely came through my mental and physical breakdowns which i now yeah. call awakenings so yeah yeah and all it's all it's all i'm all proud of all of it over <laughs> there it's all good at manny smoothosaurus which has also been a follower of ours for a while mm. If she could trade one thing in the life of hers with one Mm. thing in the life of yours, what would it be? Hi, Manny. Um, Thanks for this question. It is probably the hardest question ever. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, because I think we're both right now, especially creating lives that we really want. Mm -hmm. So that is true. uh, I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I wish I had that thing. Maybe I wish I had like a jumbo jet or something like that. Can I get like Bill Gates to trade with or something? Yeah. <laughs> Here, no, Bill, he, take, take he my said cat. me, Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's like a thing. I think with Jade, let's just trade Jaya for Mishka. Is that cool? 
my cat for your daughter. She's pretty cute. Mm, I'll take no, her. No, sorry, can't have her. No, can't have her. Uh, but if no, that's I your think, answer, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, maybe like your uh, your lack of attachment to things that'd be good. Hmm. And you you could have my whole closet. I didn't know I had that. Or I feel like you have it a lot. I feel like you're much less attached to things than I am. Hmm. Or maybe that. it's just one of my big obstacles, so I feel like everybody is. I don't know. <laughs> Here I am. I thought I was a hoarder. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What would your uh, your answer to that be? Probably, and this is an assumption that you even have it, probably eight hours of inter- uninterrupted sleep. Mm-hmm. With what, though? You had to trade something. What you willing you to give You could up? have... Um, Your attachment to things is suddenly stronger than I have suspected. <laughs> you could have. God. Got to be a fair trade. I know. That's it's hard. Tough. I told you, Nanny. Why are you sending us this shit? Yeah. What are we? Podcast hosts? God damn it. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> you can't have my children. <laughs> <laughs> You've decided that, eh? <sighs> Um, I'll take your firstborn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, at Cassie Wren 99, who we, um, she actually drove hours. She drove from Dallas to Austin to come to our last event. Um, so this is, this was really cool uh, of her. She sent in a question. What practices do you use to get clear and manifest future goals? Um, Okay, what practices I use. So it's taken me a long time to get an idea of what works for me regarding clearing my mind uh, and like laying out precise goals. And so I have a, I think like a five, let's call it a five-step program. (laughs) I got a five-stepper. I've talked about this on on my Instagram before too. So first off, I'm going to call it no guts, no glory. So Hmm. what works best for me is, I know this seems maybe not related, but it's completely related to this uh, ability to lay out my goals and clear my mind and, you know, manifest like she's asking about. So no guts, no glory is about eating a diet free of gluten and dairy, Hmm. um, low in processed sugar, I mean, processed foods and sugar. Mm Mm-hmm. And that in- ensures that my my gut health is in order since that's been a long and trying mm-hmm. journey for me yeah. um, and finally learning to manage all that. And then number two would be motion before emotion. We say it all the time on the show, guys. I know if you're listening, you already know this. Um, exercising daily, ideally daily, at least enough to break a sweat. And if not daily, then, you know, five days out of the week, it's critically important. To Any movement's my- better than no movement. For sure, like anything, dance mm-hmm. in your house. I I don't know, vacuum, do whatever mm-hmm. you gotta do. Be just stand up. Um, but yeah, breaking a sweat that's important for me. And it's it, what I'm doing there is releasing my endorphins, getting my adrenals and endocrine system pumping and flushing out the toxins that cause me to be prone to anxiety and panic and depression. And for me, that is critically important. It is um, one of the things that my therapist said right away. I have to make sure I'm doing. So stick to that. And then number three is um, time is a limited commodity. So deciding when to say no and saying no to things that aren't directing me towards who I want to be. And this is super tough if you're a recovering uh, alcoholic, recovering (laughs) workaholic like me. Mm. Um, 
but I, you know, just remember every time that I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. Mm, else. That's so, good. Yeah, you got to take what you're committing to really seriously because I have been the person who burns the candle at both ends and I've reaped the uh, bad things that come with that. Uh, number four is in stillness we become. And mm. this comes from, well, that saying comes from one of our previous guests, uh, um, Zaren Beatty. But what I mean with this is leaving space in between my commitments to care for myself. So making the time to do things I love, like take a bath or read or journal or go on a hike, sit in the sunshine. And that's where I make the space in my life to, you know, sit in silence, which doesn't have to be overt meditation. Like I said, it can be any of the things I just said, you know, take a bath with an amazing book, sit in the grass at the park in the sunshine and have a snack or go on a hike in nature. And those places, if I make space for them, I have the grandest epiphanies or at least I get clearer on what I want, um, which is what this is all about. And then number five, the end, the last step is just to write it down, dude. We talk about this so much. Mm-hmm. Um, all you got to do is like once you've got a clear thought in your head about what you want your life to look like, write it down. Mm-hmm. It has been so extraordinarily powerful. It's been powerful super powerful me. in both of our lives. Yeah. I mean, it's just one way of, of physically putting what you want into this time and space like the right now i just so said on instagram today manifestation is intention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. isn't is being yeah. intentional okay manifestation is being intentional with a yeah. dash of magic maybe <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah i think that that's that's definitely a part of it is mm-hmm. figuring out your process so for me that's the that's the five steps that um mm. i use it's really good lot. Okay, she also wanted to know, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, This is a great question, Cassie. Uh, So I'm not going to just kind of wing this one. I have written this out in my goals journal, like my five-year plan. So I'm just going to read it from there. So uh, this is something I hope everybody does, by the way. Um. This is like something I think you should probably do every year, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you have a partner, you should do one with your partner. And and I'm shooting all over everybody right now. <laughs> but <clears throat> it's really just one of those things that take the, I don't know, maybe it takes you up to an hour. Maybe it takes you way less time, depending, you know, on how much you got to think about this, whatever foundation you've already laid for it. But it is so worth it because, again, it's just about writing down what you want. I mm-hmm. mean, And then even if you go to do it and it's not super clear. You figured out, okay, it's not super clear. I'm going to be more intentional about figuring out how to clear this up Mm -hmm. for myself. So, okay, my uh, five-year goals. In five years from now, we will have a massive podcast following here on The Magic Hour and have expanded the brand to be a place people can come for direct counseling of sorts and where we sell incredible merchandise that brings value to our consumers' lives. The podcast will be well beyond supporting itself and will be extremely lucrative beyond what we could have imagined. I see myself continuing to be a bridge for those willing to venture into the gray area we live in on this show. In five years from now, I'll be more articulate, more intuitive, softer, and more present. Mm -hmm. I'll be organized and confident in my abilities as an entrepreneur, manager, and a technician. 
I will be comfortable and confident speaking in front of large audiences, and I may even be well on my way to or have achieved a doctorate or PhD. <laughs> Whoa. That's <laughs> uh, a lofty goal, Mercedes. Um, I will have made a decision on whether or not I'm going to have kids, and I'll feel very secure in that decision. Um I'll still be happily married to my current husband, and I'll be excitedly supporting his own business ventures. We'll have a passionate and romantic partnership. We will have a beautiful family compound that provides outstanding views, gorgeous weather, and endless possibilities. I'll be painting and dancing regularly and hosting and entertaining friends and family often. By the way, all these things I don't do. That's why I'm writing. (laughs) Jade and I will both have legit home studios for the podcast Mm. and we'll be traveling the country, recording with special guests and hosting life changing events for our magic. Yes. And according to Jade, in five years, I'll be doing ayahuasca. So we'll see if any of all of that comes to fruition. I mean, that wasn't like a vision I had. It was just like, oh, I have a feeling that maybe when you're 40. I don't know why I said 40. Um, All right. I love that answer. And I stand in agreement with all of that. Um, At Rock Your Joshua, is it ever difficult for you or your spouse to balance attention men give you online and at shows with your relationship? Oh, okay. Good question, Joshua. So... We actually want to have Chris on the show, which I think will be entertaining if we can ever get him to mm. uh, to say yes to it. He's, I think he's a little scared. Um, I think the biggest thing that creates trust between Chris and I, which is really to answer your question, Joshua, is about um, figuring out how to make my husband comfortable with the fact that I'm, I work a job that men are going to give me a bunch of attention to Mm -hmm. online or at shows. Right. So, so trust. Okay. So why do we have a trusting relationship? I think first off that men don't often get their wrong idea about me. I think we talked about this Mm -hmm. maybe in the Jimmy episode. Um, I'm pretty confident in saying that I don't put off that vibe, you know, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. But, um, Probably because I'm always busy being the man, like we talked about earlier <laughs> or something. Um, and I, I'm sure my husband witnesses that that's how I interact with them. And I, you know, I have a lot of close male yeah, friends. Yeah, you're not a flirt at all. I wouldn't consider myself a flirt. You wouldn't even be I confused s- as a flirt. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I have so many male friends. I mm-hmm. work in a male dominated industry mm-hmm. with obviously the fight game and I've uh, worked with a zillion photographers because of working mm-hmm. in modeling. So I, I have many intimate, um, mentally intimate mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. with men. Uh, I have some of my best conversations are with mm-hmm. men and, and I've even had someone talking to me going like, you know, if my wife was having a conversation like this with another person, I'd feel almost mm. worse about it than if they physically cheated on me because it feels wow. so uh, vulnerable, I think, for a mm. man to get to that place. And that's, that's kind of my comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> so but I think then they work through that and they realize that it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I think as people, we relate sometimes um, being open and telling your story as a uh, so intimate of a thing that you should only it's do like that with someone naked. who's close and naked with you. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I say that all of us are soulmates in waiting mm-hmm. because I'm willing to get that intimate with most 
people, you know, very quickly and easily. I'm like that right away. Cut to the chase. Yeah, you're totally like that. Right. But I think a lot of people are not like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what's going on there. So, um, also... My husband's been very involved with my career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been, you know, on the back end of my social media for some time uh, or was for some time and has seen kind of all that comes through. He's kind of seen the worst, <laughs> the worst of the DMs and the dick pics and the whatever is that come through um, and knows that my interaction with all mm-hmm. that is zero. So it doesn't really uh, he doesn't feel any yeah. kind of jealousy there. Uh, and I think that. The real trust between us comes from regular discussions. Yeah. So let me ask it in this way, because mm-hmm. the, the way that I saw the question is. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I'm dating a guy who really doesn't, he doesn't compliment me, he doesn't do sweet things for me. But mm-hmm. yet online, I'm getting all these compliments and men who literally we get DMs saying like, I want to take you to Egypt, you know, like yeah. these silly things. <laughs> it can sometimes be like, well, God, all these strangers tell me sweet things all the time. And the person that I just want to hear it from yes. doesn't tell me any of it. So is that sometimes hard to balance? Maybe is, is another way to think of the question. Yes. Um, that's a great addition. I think that that for sure comes up. Like mm-hmm. y- you want your significant other to be your biggest fan. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you want to feel like they are, constantly adoring you and Mm -hmm. that has got to be freaking exhausting for anyone to try to keep up with Mm because they're trying to keep up with what the people on social media that Mm -hmm. maybe once a week or once a day even come and say something nice to you because they're trying to Mm -hmm. maybe get in your pants or maybe they're just being nice but Mm -hmm. you know that's that's completely removed from who they actually are it's completely Mm -hmm. removed from a relationship where you know being in a relationship you're you're not going to have yeah. the energy to do that all day long, unfortunately. And I try um, to put myself in their shoes, too. So, like, I know when I date guys that don't, they don't have a massive following and they're not well known or anything, but they are getting comments from women just because they're attractive comments yeah. from women that are like yeah. uh, just the heart emojis or like the heart eyes emojis. Even then, I'm kind of like, is this girl like, I wonder if she's DMing him. I wonder like, cause you can look at their page and just tell that they're a catch, you know? So like mm-hmm. I can see how you, it can get in someone's head, just like seeing so many comments and thinking like, are these, af- are these people after the person that I interested in, you know? And then I can also think about the people that I've dated that are um, like, I remember dating one guy who played in a band and he played at Disney world. And I remember when he got off stage, people were like ripping at his shirt and like yeah. screaming his name, but it didn't, that didn't affect me. Cause I just felt lucky to be the one that got to go mm-hmm. home with him, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can see how like when it's online and it's mysterious, that can kind of, when it's like a mystery it it can make you make a story in your head, you mm-hmm. know? But then when it's like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? But then when it's like at the shows, like the Bellator shows, it's like, you know, that these are just people who are coming to the show and leaving and you're going home with that person. Yeah, I think that I think that's what I hope that he feels. That's why mm-hmm. I think that this would be interesting to ask him, you know, mm-hmm. when we have him on the show. But um, I hope to put that kind of um idea in his head that yeah. he is secure in this relationship mm-hmm. with me because I have only eyes for him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think even only eyes for him is ridiculous. I think we're realists, you know, like I think we are 
um, understanding that we're human beings. We know we're hormonal, mm-hmm. you know, individuals and we have maybe uh, we see attractive people. And we mm-hmm. know they're attractive. We're not blind. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we have a lot together that makes uh, our lives enjoyable overall mm-hmm. that, you know, we wouldn't want to sacrifice for mm-hmm. I don't know, a sexual experience or something like that. I don't know. I just think that uh, he doesn't. He has never expressed like jealousy. You yeah. Know? Um, which is freaking hard. But I, I mean, always that hear that it easy. takes a very confident man to be with someone, you know, that, that has a big social media following or is in the public eye or, or takes sexy photos. So, well, when I ask him that question, he just says, I mean, you, you make it easy to trust you. Like it's not, mm. everything is completely open. I mean, he yeah. could look at any of my social media where yeah. people would normally cheat would be there or I think your that's phone. What it he comes has down access to, to is making it easy to trust. Easy, like yeah. easy to trust. It's not, it's not like a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. At, I always struggle with this name, but I love him. He leaves the best comments on all of our stuff. Rack, Rokud? Rakid? R-A-O-K-E-D? Roked? Yes, Roked. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. I have no idea how to pronounce it, but Got yeah. The dreads. If you could change one impactful thing about modeling, what would it be and why? Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys already know I love this question mm-hmm. because right now, as you know, a major mission of mine is to spread this message that I'm calling hashtag keep it realish. Which is about letting the world know if and how a photo was photoshopped. Because I know that not only as a model spending the last 15 years in this industry, but also just as a woman growing up in the rise of social media, the amount of content that I've used to compare myself to is so Mm -hmm. just staggering and constant. Mm -hmm. I mean, never stops. So. The hopes with hashtag keep it realish is to get everyone, you know, models, influencers, anyone else posting on social media to take responsibility for the content they're putting out there. Um, people around the world, especially women, are doing everything from cutting up their bodies on the plastic surgeon's table to committing suicide over yeah. the fact that that they feel like they can't measure up to these photoshopped photos with you know the waist pinched in and the breasts enlarged and the butts enlarged and the skin that looks like a china doll because it's been so smoothed out and facetune and this is happening to the point where you know women are coming out of the plastic surgeon's office looking like aliens yeah they got lip lip injections to the hilt that every part of their body stuff full of yeah. implants mm-hmm. and by the way guys i'm not trying to shame the people who've decided to but do it's all like that. they feel like they they feel the pressure to look face tuned and filtered all the time because that's what we're seeing all the time yes i mean i feel that pressure i i myself um have breast implants i've done the fillers and the botox i ask myself why i do all this why i sit in pain in a doctor's office and the answer is because it feels like we women have to in order to keep up Mm. And that's our culture, you know, and it's just not healthy. It's the whole culture that's feeding into this. Um, yeah. It's, and it's, it's not just the women that are feeding into it, by the way. It's all of us. So, guys, we need your help, too. And I think to answer your original question, Jade, <clears throat> or Roked, if, if I could change one impactful thing about modeling, it would be that the industry would move toward a standard of keeping things realish, like I'm calling it, and at least noting how things were edited. And I realize that because 
you know, we're all competitive beings. We are always going to try to to one up each other. But if we could find a way to be to just make being healthy in mind, body and spirit mm-hmm. paramount in the modeling industry, that would be an industry I'd be proud to be a part of. Yeah, that's that's what I'd change. I agree. I think he'll like that answer. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Pick your poison from Kyland Young. We love you, Kyland. Kyland. Would you, he always has the best pick your poisons. Would he you does. rather know the day that you were going to die or the day that your significant other is going to die but not be able to tell them? Kyland, I don't like this one. <laughs> um, I would definitely want to know the day I'm going to die and I keep it to myself. And here's why. Because I... I wouldn't want to know the day my spouse is going to die because it would cause me to like treat That's them differently. Worse. Well, I feel like I would treat them differently and then I wouldn't be the, mm. you know, of good service to them That's while true. they're here and still alive. Like That's if I was true. just coddling them instead of being a mirror. I and, choose that you know. answer for that same reason. It's yeah, so true. I want to have a real relationship with somebody. Yeah. And also knowing when you're going to die is going to only affect you better because you're going to live your life fuller and do the best that you can. But knowing when they're going to die, you can't control them. Yeah. I wonder how, man, that would mess with your mind, though, because if Mm -hmm. you knew you're going to die and you keep it to yourself, do you like secretly always have a pity party or does it make you just live like every moment to the full, full, fullest or like, yeah, Tuesdays with Maury style. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So there's a few short questions <laughs> we there like is. to ask everyone who comes on the show. <laughs> you do. You may have heard them before. <laughs> First, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Mm. Firstly, I'd give her at least an eight second hug, belly to belly. To really some oxytocin. And I would say, okay, I'm going to be... I'm going to be unfair with our staple questions because I want to, I have so many, I have so many things I want to say to myself in this moment. Mm. So you're going to have to just kind of bear with me. First of all, I'd probably tell her to soften. That's good. Um, I tell her you're safe as long as you are in truth, Mm. which I think would be like probably confusing for her to hear at that time, but maybe... It would open up something. That's so good. You know, to start seeking, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I tell her to breathe because I was not breathing Mm. at all properly for so long. I like how you always take a Mm. breath when we talk about (laughs) breathing on the show. And so I would tell her, you know, just breathe, baby girl, because I was not breathing. I'd probably show her how to breathe properly because that's changed my life. Um, And I tell her that... The shame she feels is, doesn't belong to her, um, which I really needed to hear mm. so badly. Probably any time, any time up until this last year, which I could still use that. So if my older self wants to come tell me now, I'm good with that. Mm. I tell her to start journaling because, of course, you already know all the reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And I tell her it's okay to poop. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe to read more and refine a healthy diet for herself, you know, all in relation to the poop thing. Those are all She'd really, be like, really good. I'd be like, Mercedes, it's okay to poop. <laughs> She'd be like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. I'm a cat. I got to hide it. No, it's not. I'm a woman. Apparently, that's mm. not allowed. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? 
Um, this is the, the first one that is like 100 on this is The Female Brain by Dr. Luann Brizendine. Uh, I may have said it before mm-hmm. on the show, but this book I knew you were is, say that. yeah, where kind of my journey into what hormones mean in our bodies and brains came from. So, or started for me. And I think this is, goes for men and women and young women and young men. All of you, if you read this book, it will change you because understanding how hormones mm-hmm. work. And by the way, she describes not only how hormones work in females, but also in males in this book. Um, she also has a book called The Male Brain, but I actually recommend the female brain above it because I think it's more exploratory, mm-hmm. um, even for both sexes. And women are just harder to figure out. So, yeah. And men, if you want to be the guy who's literally like psychic when it comes to how to be in a relationship with women, and that can be your mom, your sister, your friends, or your girlfriend or wife, whatever it is, this book will help you tap into being the type of guy that every chick wants in their life. Um, I also think that if we could all really read this book and and understand how hormones work in our bodies, it would end war. Like it would mm. cause world peace. <laughs> I know that sounds lofty, but if you get with this book and you see me in person one day, we will have that conversation and I bet you'll be on board with me because you've read it and you understand. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say just one. I know. <laughs> I know. I know you asked for one book, but I'm also going to say the alchemist because mm. I mean, the alchemist is that book you can read every single year and be like reinvigorated on your path and your journey towards whatever you hmm. are I'm supposed to be doing on this that. planet. I thought that you weren't really? that into it a while back. Yeah. The first time I read it, I was like, mm, that was a cute story. And then I read it when I was in my, actual calling you know like mm-hmm. finding what i actually wanted to do with my life and i was like this is it this yeah. is the mecca like it I completely it spoke to yeah. me uh light is a new black mm-hmm. rebecca campbell's book we love and you Partly can read the reason that book. why we started the show totally you can read each page of that book on the toilet every day instead of being on your phone yep. and each page will just literally light you up. It'll make you feel like, okay, I'm going to go out there and find my bliss and serve my purpose. And it's going to be amazing. And it'll give you all the tools to start figuring out what that is. If you, if you need. So Mm. I love that. And then the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, just because that was the book that kicked off my spiritual journey. I love Um, a new earth, but I know you like the power of now. Okay. If you you feel called to any of those, they're all good. Take it up. Yeah. I'm proud that I'm, I feel good that I've read all of them. I know. <laughs> if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Okay. You could probably guess, but I also have several for this. You're just going to have to bear with me because this is my show today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would whisper, you already are. Mm. Um. Because I think that we are all just this, to give like a visual idea, I think we're just like a box of puzzle pieces. And we have all the pieces in our box and we just haven't sorted it out so that we can see it clearly yet. And so just knowing that all the pieces are there, they're all inside you, you already are this whole picture. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of like, finding the tools and the ways and the routes that lead you to putting the pieces in order so that you can feel completely actualized. Mm. Yeah. And then I would also say, seek the pain for positive gain. You guys know that on this show, we love to 
go into the uncomfortable places to find the light on the other side or find where we can gain some um, amazing beauty in our lives from the painful places. So that's what that's all about. Um, and then something that has really been surfacing for me lately is this idea that is to to essentially mourn the death of who you were yesterday every day. Hmm. So I think we're just trapped, all of us, in these patterns and background scripts that are almost fully um, puppeteering who we are, you know, through our subconscious. And so when we begin to evolve or something happens that changes us, could be as simple as reading a new book or finding a new diet that fits us better, getting into a new relationship, or it, it might be nothing new at all. It might just be realizing that we can be you know, happy in this moment instead of living in the depression we've been in for years. Well, when this happens, we have some pain tied to letting go of the old us, you know, the us of today, literally. Mm -hmm. And we need to mourn that for a moment, like sit with it. Okay, I see who I am and and I don't want this isn't serving me anymore or, you know, I'm ready to be more amazing. And even if it's just, you know, momentarily that you sit there and mourn that for a moment and just consciously release that old version of ourselves so that we can step into the new version, tomorrow's version. So mourn the death of who you were yesterday, every day. Hmm. That's really good. I've never, I've never, I don't feel like I've ever heard anyone say that. That's new. Well, I just made it up. No. <laughs> so. That's good. Hmm. It's also interesting that you told yourself it's okay to poop because it's so funny how different women are so different about that. Like, like Natasha leaves poop in the toilet for Kyle, like as a surprise, <laughs> as a way of flirting with him. Oh and then I have God. another friend who I'm not going to mention her name, who like the toilet wouldn't flush and she freaked out to where she snuck into the kitchen, got a cup, put her poop in the cup, and then snuck to the dumpster and put it in the dumpster because she was so afraid of her boyfriend seeing her poop. Yeah, so, I'm the second person. Yeah, it's just so crazy. <laughs> it's like so opposite ends of the spectrum, you know? Yeah, I how mean, I... be. Yeah, I don't know how much of that story I talked about, but... I am the second person for sure. Pactivist all the way. Poop and period activists over here, guys. We are no longer being cats about our poop. <laughs> we are no longer burying it in the sand. You're so silly. But, uh, well, let it go. Um, it is time for our magic tricks. And I was hoping that for today's magic trick, you can do the one that you feel has been the most, has, I guess, given you the most magic in your life. Mm. The most useful tool. I know okay, you've already given a lot today. <laughs> yeah, I give you guys a lot of tools. That's my mag magician mind, though, right? Like always being overly analytical, like, all right, here's how we're going to fix this thing. <laughs> um, OK, so I, for my magic trick, it's simple for me. The most healing tool I've found is uh, breathing, which is pretty self-explanatory. I think one of our first episodes, I did some breathing techniques. And so s the other thing has been journaling and mm -hmm. For me, I never kept a diary as a kid. And actually, my mom would say, um, you know, don't write things down. You don't know. You don't want someone to read them. Um, I think it was because she 
had that circumstance happen to her when she was a kid, like one of her brothers or somebody stole her diary mm. and like read it and it, you know, betrayed her trust. And she was like, yeah. I'm never writing anything down. So as a kid, I always got told not to write things down unless I wanted hmm. someone to read it, which so I was afraid of putting anything on paper. But later in life, I discovered journaling and that shit changed my life. Overnight. Yeah. Um, there has been no greater tool I've found for conquering anything that lives inside of me uh, from anxiety, depression, traumas. In my childhood, um, bad breakups, literally everything. And and when I was in therapy, that was one of the things, obviously, I used to write down whatever was going on in my head. Um, when I was having crazy anxiety, depression that I couldn't see outside of, I didn't know how to get outside of it. I was in it. I mean, that's how it, how it feels when you're, you're having anxiety. You're just like stuck. And... So I would just write down whatever was thoughts were going through my head and little by little it it fucking helped. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how to explain it any better than that. But I also wanted to mention that the top three reasons you might want to journal if you have not picked up a pen and paper to do that. I'm gonna invite you to explore it. Obviously, that's what a magic trick is all about. Number one reason is it reduces stress. Mm -hmm. You know, writing about stressful experiences can help you manage them in a healthy way. It improves immune function this is so cool because disease aka dis-ease mm -hmm. usually starts in the mind mm. and that's was that was a huge thing for me to really mm -hmm. believe finally and understand how that works so um there's science behind this those who journal boast improved immune system functioning it actually strengthens immune cells that's so freaking cool mm -hmm. uh it, i know it seems completely unrelated to the physical but it is definitely not and it strengthens emotional regulation um, by evoking mindfulness. It helps writers remain present while while keeping perspective and um, prevents opportunity for emotional catharsis and helps the brain regulate emotions. And it provides a greater sense of self-confidence and self-identity. So like I said, guys, there's no right way to journal. Just start writing down whatever is going on in your head and it will start refining itself as you're writing into whatever needs to be looked at that day. So just start, like just begin. That's it. Yeah. Happy journaling. That's a good one. Um, we've probably drilled that into your head the so last, many times, the last year. But so my magic trick is the one that I would say was my first. It's not the like the biggest magic trick that you've placed in my life, but it's the first one. Um, it's one of the first things I remember, like really absorbing from you and learning from you. Hmm. Um, we. I, there was something like when we were working at Bellator, there was something that I wanted, like from one of our go-tos. There was like something that like, I, um, was like, man, it would be nice if I could get this. And you were like, A-S-K-G-E-T. Like mm -hmm. they had asked me to do something and I, and I think I was going to get paid for it or something. And I was like, oh, it'd be nice, you know, or something like that. You're like, A-S-K-G-E-T, yeah. you can't get what you don't ask for. And when you said that, I was only like, I don't know. 25 or 26 when you said that i was like i have never thought of that before <laughs> you can't get what you don't ask for like it sounds so simple yeah. but it was like i had never felt like i could just ask for stuff i never even now when i ask for favors i i'm like so uh, is it okay i'm so sorry to ask uh, would mm -hmm. you rather run me over with a car you know like it's like so hard for me to ask for things from people so um 
it was so, so revelational for some reason. Um, and it's when you really, really think about that, though, like it can change your relationships. It can change your career, like just asking for what you want. And yeah. especially in our relationships, because sometimes and we sex just life. Yeah, because sometimes we just we expect them to know or we just think if they would if they want to, they'll do it or if we right. deserve it, we'll get it, you right. know. Um, and then if you still don't feel comfortable asking, then it's like it's really worth asking yourself, like, why? Why do right. why can I not ask? Do I not feel worthy? Do I, is there shame? Like, am I carrying shame around this? Like, cause if you're not willing to at least ask, then there's a, there's a deep rooted issue there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I've applied that and it's made a huge difference. And it's, it's been, um, you know, in my past partnership, having two toddlers back to back, having two babies back to back, That was like something that was really, really hard for me was I didn't ever ask for help. And then I resented him for not helping. Mm. So and I'm not I don't who who knows what would have happened, you know, had I constantly asked for help. But um, it's just so important that when we need help, that we ask and that if we want something that we ask, because what the odds are 50 50, either you're going to get it or you're not. Exactly. um, But do you want to add anything to that since you're I feel like you're such a guru on this topic? I just feel like I'm glad you found so much value in it, first of all. And I hope so anyone listening can understand what we're talking about here and feel feel the value from it, too, or or, or reap the benefits. Um, for me, it was just it's something my mom would always say to me. Mm. I would be complaining or whining about something I don't have or didn't get or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, goes into like the, you know, into my 20s or whatever. And she would say, ASKGE T Mercedes, you can't get what you don't ask for. And I love you know, your mom's things. About, <laughs> you put yeah, the money great. in your pocket yeah. and then you ask what it's for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she has some good ones. Uh, we are not left to our fates without the ability to, fe- to affect the outcome. That's my mom. Mm. So, yeah, ASKGET, though, is is like so simple yet so effective because we put all these walls in front of ourselves for what we want. Um, and like you're saying, I think it is a worthiness issue. We feel like we're a burden if we ask for something. Mm-hmm. But that's not the reality, because what we're asking for is something we know can be potentially given to us because it's there or it might not be a possibility and we're going to hear no, but we got to be okay with hearing no too. So I, again, you know, just ask, you, yeah. you might be really surprised with what you get. You usually are. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Magic mobbers. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking this journey with us. If this episode held some magic for you, please share it with your friends and family. This would mean so much to us. And don't forget to join us on our Instagram page at the magic hour and let us know what your favorite episodes have been so far. We appreciate all your feedback and we want to know what's lighting you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey guys. Um, you know that we are on all of our shows are on the Library. So mm-hmm. if you guys want to check out any of our previous episodes, especially the ones we mentioned in this episode, feel free to go check those out now. Mm-hmm. And we will meet you there. Until then, be a light. Be a light. It's the magic hour. Mercedes and Jay. 
as I grew into my teenage years and I started my period, I was at my dad's house. Uh, my dad wasn't home, but I was at my dad's house and I thought, like, who should I call? Like, you know, when you start your period mm-hmm. as a girl, like that's like a really important moment. Yeah. And you kind of need to like let your parents know because you don't really know exactly what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I called my dad and my dad's like, uh, why are you calling me? <laughs> like, why aren't you calling your mom? Or yeah. at this point, we I had uh, he he had a girlfriend who uh, we lived in her house at this point, and <laughs> That's funny. and he's like, why Call are you her. calling me? Yeah, he's like, uh, well, he didn't say that. He didn't shame yeah. me or anything about it. He just said, yeah. you know, um, call a lady. Yeah, call <laughs> like, well, I can't really. He said, <laughs> okay, well, thanks for letting me know, but um, I I'm not sure I have a lot of advice for you on this, so maybe you can call, you know, he his girlfriend yeah. or my mom or. <laughs> Mine was the exact opposite. I started mine on a roller coaster, which was oh, traumatizing. You're like, I, and then, this roller coaster got me bleeding. <laughs> and, then, and then, and it was heavy. Oh my God. Heck. And then I tried to tell my mom and she passed me off to her boyfriend. Oh my God. Literally the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite. The end of the game. She couldn't handle it. Oh my it. God. That's amazing. Uh, what did he do for you? Honestly, I don't remember. I think I blacked it out. <laughs> You're like, never mind. <laughs> I'm going next door to the neighbors where somebody can help me with a tampon. I probably did. I wore the tampon with the extra cardboard piece oh, for like two years. My God. And I thought, I thought, how did you these walk? hurt so bad? <laughs> exactly. I would cry every time because I was like, these hurt so bad. And then one time I went to like a water park and I was crying because it was hurting me. And my friend was like, um, I told her something about like the, the cardboard part is the part that's hurting me. And she was like, you're supposed to take that off. <laughs> that is amazing. Two years I did that. That is amazing. Firstly, ow. And I also, it took me, uh, I read directions thoroughly on everything. Let me tell never, you. Never, never me. Thoroughly. Like I, I, I <laughs> am like the so directions you. reader. You know what I mean? So like on the tampon box, it has like visual photos and yeah. about the toxic this shock how syndrome. how we balance each other out. I was like, oh my I God. might get this, you know, like this could be an issue. I need to know about this. And I had horror stories like, I didn't read one. First of all, it took me like, I don't even know, probably three hours to insert my first tampon, which was like an ultra slender oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 <An> ultra slender. <laughs> and it was, my mom bought me these damn, um, uh, the first time, you, you know, you use a pad or something at first or whatever you use. But then my mom bought me these damn uh, Tampax, and, you know, Tampax, uh, the originals, you know, so they have like yeah. the cotton exposed on the top. Let me tell you, when you have not had anything go up in that area, that can be painful as hell. It was, yeah, especially if you're not taking the cardboard off. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> I think it's why I don't use them now. I think I'm traumatized. You know what? It's a good good thing we didn't know each other at that age because we would have given each other the worst <laughs> advices with this situation. Oh, God. Uh, one of my friends, I remember her oh, mom telling me. I wish we did. <laughs> my best friend at the time, actually, uh, uh, later, you know, she told us this horror story about when she had her first tampon, she inserted it at, upside down. I don't know how oh, that even no. was even possible. And so the oh, string went God. up in the inside, so she couldn't oh, get it no. out. And she called the fire the fire department. <laughs> what? How old are you? What fire department's going to help you with getting a tampon out? I want to know <laughs> what they said when they, when she called <laughs> the fire department. Oh my God! Quick disclaimer. 
We are not medical professionals, so following any of our protocols or advice should be done at your own risk, people. And please remember to always, always do your own research. Tap into that extraordinary growth mindset we all have access to within ourselves and seek out your own answers. Come on, guys, you know, you know the deal. And by the way, if you are a medical professional or an expert in any topic we cover and you feel we are not giving accurate information about it, please find somewhere to contact us. Contact us via social or email us at our website and let us know. A major goal of ours in doing this podcast is to bring value to people's lives by sharing helpful insights and info. So we welcome being corrected at any time and we'll be happy to share any of our fuck ups with our listeners so as to get us all back on track to discovering our happiest, healthiest selves.